0: All right, what's up? We're back. Uh, We're back in action going through the story of um, Abraham a little bit, going to uh, continue the rest of the story of Genesis. Um, So, if you have the time, please uh, pray, uh, welcome the Holy Spirit to this place, and let's get started. Let's get started. Uh, I'm going to do a little transition right here. Three, two, one. All right, we're back. back. Um, So, remember, we left off in the story. Um, we just got to Abraham and God's going to continue this messianic blessing. Uh, I say messianic kind of throwing new words at you, but this, uh, this, this chosen man who God's going to restore the blessing back to humanity through, this goes on to Abraham as we read in Genesis 12, when he talks about, um, you know, he's going to, all the peoples of the earth are going to be blessed through uh, Abraham and and his family. It's always focused on their family. So Abraham is a complex um, character in the Bible, a little mix of uh, a lot of good things, but also a mix of some bad things. And um, so uh, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, they're already well up in years and God promises them this son. Um, so when they get promised this son, um, Abraham goes through some some doubts himself or what how this is going to happen. He has some doubts. He's like, my, all my household is going to go to my servant, Elzir. I think that's how you pronounce the name, E L. I-C-E-R, uh, um, so people that are better to pronounce some ancient names than me, you can take over there. Um, so he has this servant named Elzir, and then uh, he, he kind of wonders if his inheritance has to go to him, uh, has that doubt there. He also has these moments of unfaithfulness where he thinks the Lord can't protect them, so they go down to Egypt, him and his wife, Sarah, and uh, while they're wandering there, uh, he notices he realizes my wife is really beautiful. People might try to kill me to get to her. So he's lying, so you're my sister, and he gives over his wife to other, uh, other men. But God protects and delivers him there. Uh, I also have this story to where uh, him and Sarah get this bright idea of hey, Sarah can't have a child. So let's take our servant, uh, slave Hagar, and let's have a child through her. And they abuse Hagar, and then once Hagar gets pregnant, Sarah despises her. Or they, you know, despise each other, have this little rivalry going on. So she gets kicked out to the wilderness and God has to, or God saves and redeems her and tells her that I'm going to bless a child. But that's not the child that the the blessing of all, you know, humanity going to come through. That's going to be between the child of Abraham and Sarah. So you see these, these complex characters right here, Abraham and Sarah. The new Adam and Eve to say. And you kind of wonder, uh, are these people ever going to get it right? Are they going to trust the Lord? Or what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And um a lot of the story uh is gonna culminate um, well, first off you have God reaffirming his promises to them and uh you have this thing called circumcision. Uh circumcision is really important, I'm not gonna explain to you the process of it. I think uh you can kinda do that yourself, but uh it's basically like this mark uh of the sign that God's gonna bless this family. He tells Abraham, you know, all your family, everybody that's in your household. They're going to have to go over to go this covenant of circumcision. So you know that it's like a sign to you and a sign to me, pretty much. Uh, It's like a marker. I don't know. uh, Memorial, I guess, would be the closest thing to it. It's this thing you carry on your body to remember what God has done for us in the past. So it produces faithfulness for the future. This is the sign of the covenant that, hey, I'm with you. I'm for you. You do this. I'm going to bless you. And this is for Abraham's family, not everybody. Abraham's family. If you're going to be a part of the family of Abraham, this is why you, you have this. Uh, and uh, so it, it kind of always culminates and you get to chapter 18, where it's a story about judgment too, but also you have God coming in the form of three visitors to go meet Abraham while at his tent. And if you notice all throughout uh, Abraham's story and all throughout all the parts of Genesis read so far, 1 through 18, uh, you hear a lot about trees and God meeting people in trees. Adam and Eve, uh, well, I guess focusing on Abraham's story, specifically. Abraham's around a lot of trees, so I noticed. Like, I had, I underlined all the parts where I saw trees or, like, references to trees, and it's, like, amazing. Uh, so, yeah, God meeting somebody, like, on a hill by a tree is, is the image that you get. And uh, same thing happens here. Uh, so the lord appeared to abraham and going to chapter 18 in genesis the lord appeared to abraham near the great trees of Memor uh while he was at the entrance of his tent he appeared in three people pretty much three visitors and while he was there with the three visitors uh, they sat down they had like a conversation abraham served him had this entrance to a tent uh, which is be important later on you think about uh you know moses in the wilderness and all but they had this entrance to the tent they serve him bread and everything and god again reaffirms that he's going to bless abraham they're going to have a child abraham's 99 i think sarah's 90 at this point i'm going to come back next year maybe 89 serious they're like 10 years apart uh, i'm going to come back next year and you're going to have a child and uh abraham laughed at this notion earlier in the story before they had uh the child between um him and hagar which his name is ishmael um he laughed at it and god said you're going to name the child isaac because that means he laughs and sarah he here laughs when she hears this too like i'm not going to really have a child in this old age uh so names are really important in the bible just to say that uh, but they laughed because they thought like the insane notion of god producing a child with what seems like dead people almost but god's going to bring about this new life coming from it and uh he tells them that you're going to have a child you're going to do this and i'm going to bless the child and i'm going to you know, I'm going to have my covenant go through him. Okay. Um, so that's a, that's a really in, important part uh, of the story of uh, Abraham facing, struggling with his doubts. And God having to reaffirm, it's like, I got you, I got you. You're going to have this child, it's going, to, it's going to be your own flesh and blood. It's not going to be through a servant. It's not going to be through an uh, adoption or anything else. Even though those things are good, God said, I'm going to bless a child. And you're going to have this child. I'm going to your father of many nations. It's going to be through your blood. Uh And it happens. It happens. Uh, I am high pointing -pointing some parts. You read through the story, you're going to notice you got like Lot and Abraham meeting different kings, uh, some other stuff to be looking at there. But I'm going to be high pointing because it is a a ton of information. If I were to do all that, I probably would take close to like five years trying to go through all that and do episodes and all. Um, But when you go through it, definitely high point some stuff. Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, Lot, Melchizedek, who's that guy? Uh, so definitely think about that. Uh, so um, Abraham, he has a son, Isaac, and it's like this ultimate redemption uh, for for Sarah and Abraham. They have their child. It's a blessed child of the covenant. Uh, but remember, uh, Abraham and Sarah, they didn't do all things good. You got Hagar and her son, Ishmael, who's about 13, um, will be. When Isaac's born, he's with, it's 13 years apart, what I'm trying to say. I don't know how old a child is when they get weaned. I guess they're like toddler age. Uh, so Ishmael may be you know, 15, 16, 17, somewhere around there. Uh, but Ishmael, he uh, mocks or does something to, to Isaac. And then uh, Sarah is really jealous of, of Hagar and her son and tells them basically to get out and abraham's you know kind of conflicted because of this is going on and you have like this rivalry this is what happens when we go outside of of god's will uh, like this like if abraham and sarah they trusted the lord they didn't do any of this all these relationships problems wouldn't happen uh, but because they're outside the garden they do these kind of things they end up abusing hagar and her son um, in a manner which i think is just really you know first off Hagar gets abused to have this son and then uh, they basically sent off to the wilderness to, to you know, with a skin of water to the point where uh, Hagar thinks you're about to die. But again, the Lord redeems our bad decisions. The things we meant for evil, God's gonna mean for good. And Ishmael, his family gets redeemed and God blesses them and makes him a great nation uh, as well. And uh, you know, this is this is where we get, well, get a lot of the, the Ishmaelites that come from there, it basically like twelve tribes come from or twelve sons come from there and um, he's come to a great nation. They always lived in hostility to Is- Israel later on in the story. And actually, if you notice, if you trace back a lot of the genealogies, uh, with, you know, uh, Israel and, uh, Esau and all these different ones, it's kind of comes out with like a brotherly rivalry for all of them. And like, uh, all the conflicts in the Bible can just be equated through brothers for the most part. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. Also very sad because it still holds up today for the most part, uh, Still got some some bitterness and some tension going on in the Middle East, and this has been for a while in between different people groups and all. Uh, but in the Bible terms, it's like a a cosmic level scaling of why they are at war with one another and they can't get along. But if you notice, uh, too, in Abraham's story, you also if you when you read back through it and you read through these chapters, of, of I think Abraham's story ends in chapter twenty five, but uh, if you read back through it, you notice that Abraham is a descendant of Shem, and if you remember we talked about last time with Noah and his kids, uh, you have Shem and you have uh, Ham. Ham does something shameful, so he gets cursed, and so his descendants are going to be uh, subject to the Shem's descendants. And it kind of goes in line, um, but Abraham's living, you know, Abraham gets sent to the land of the Canaanites, which is, you know, Ham's son. Um, so you have Abraham going to the land of Him, Ham's descendants, and, uh, but if, if you look at it, they're not at war with one another, not all of them at war with one another. You have some of them who see how blessed Abraham is, and once they see how blessed Abraham is, they're like, okay, make a treaty with us, because obviously that God has blessed you, let's be at peace with one another. So you have this image of bad Canaanites, which also have this image of good Canaanites who see God's blessing and they subjugate themselves under it. And they themselves get blessed because they live in you know, peace with uh, somebody whom God has blessed. Uh, thinking back to that promise in Genesis 12, those who you bless, I will bless those who curse you, I will curse. Uh, so you see this is an image of peace, but it's also this image of you can be cursed if you go against what God's plan is uh, through redeeming the world through Abraham's line not that abraham's line is god's favorite it's the it's the way he's chosen to redeem the world um uh, the one family to get to the one man to bless all the nations so everybody who trusts in that one man uh, will follow the blessing and get the blessing restored back to them of course i'm talking about jesus there uh, so the story continues um ishmael and hagar gets sent off but god redeems them in a ultimate spectacular way and this is all leading up to the point where i want to get to where abraham's tested so you have abraham and you have isaac uh, you know uh, isaac's growing up to be a, a younger man i'm not sure exactly how how old he is but the, the image uh, that you get here is that he's at least old enough to you know be strong enough to run away from Abraham or, you know, strong enough to carry firewood up a mountain. So God calls to Abraham. Remember, um, Abraham and. Abraham and Sarah haven't been doing just the best job of being faithful. You're kind of wondering, like, is Abraham going to trust the Lord? Or is Abraham not going to trust the Lord? And uh, God decides to to test him. Uh, is he? Is his faithfulness? Is he go, really going to put his all into the Lord? Because he has his moments where he do trust God, but other times where he like kind of gives in to the temptation. So is Abraham going to defeat that serpent we talked about in Genesis three? Uh, so God tests him. He says, "Hey, I want you to take your son, your only son, whom you love, and I want you to go to the Mount Moriah and sacrifice him as a burnt offering." So basically, you give your son to me. Remember, Abraham has in his mind that god has promised to bless the nations through isaac uh it's to be his through his blood not through another one it's going to be through isaac that's going to bless all of it and you don't kind of get the inner monologue of abraham but in hebrews and again if you uh remember the best commentary for the old testament is the new testament Uh, so you remember in hebrews where uh, the author talks about this moment of faithfulness for abraham he well Boy alert, Abraham passes the death. but Abraham considered in his in his mind that God was able to raise the dead because He promised these things already. So even if He killed them, He'd be raised back to life. Uh, so Abraham takes him up to the mountain, and he uh, goes with his servants. and Isaac, when he goes up the mountain, he says, "You know, we got the wood and everything, but where's the where's the burnt offering?" And Abraham says, "The Lord will provide it. The Lord will provide it." um so he gets ready to to sacrifice his son ties him on the him on the altar and um you know again he's strong enough probably to run away from an older man uh, abraham uh so i think and i want to say that isaac was willing in this it's like okay i'm gonna trust my father i'm gonna trust the lord uh, that i'm not gonna uh, even if i do die i'll be raised back to life or whatever's gonna happen god's gonna provide so they do it, and they prepare. I believe that Abraham's fully committed in, in giving up the life of his son back to God, and God stops them. Uh, so God takes the one thing that Abraham loves the most in this world, and he asks him to give it up to him to sacrifice it. Now, does God delight in child sacrifice or you know killing somebody to sacrifice it? Not at all. Not at all. This is about God getting something out of Abraham for him to willingly surrender everything over to him to the point where it dies to where it dies so God can have it and truly create life out of it. See, when Abraham would grasp on to what he thought was the best way of life that led to death multiple times throughout the story, and when he thought the, the good idea was to be getting over his his uh, wife to different kings so he would live, it laid, then it could have led to death, like the kings got cursed and our household was going under threat and it was like, what are you doing, Abraham? can't believe you've done this to us. Why do not you tell us she, uh, she was your wife? Um, he had points in the story where him and Sarah thought it was a good idea, like, hey, let's have a son through this way. It's like, end up being terrible. A ruined relationship with Hagar and the son Ishmael. And, um, you know, and that just leads to a whole lot more problems down the road. Um, so, but when God, when Abraham trusts the Lord, he says, it's your way, Lord, not my way, he really trusts him. And that's when they have the blessing. And this is what exactly happens here. Um, so actually, I'm going to read and start in verse 10 of uh, chapter 22. Sorry, I lost my place. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I he am, here I am, here, here, here am I, here am I, here, Uh do not lay a hand on the boy, he said, do not do anything to him. Now that I know that you fear God, now I know that you fear God because you did, you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I can't read very well right now, guys, so I apologize. Uh, so Abraham looked in a thicket and he saw a ram caught by the horns. And Abraham sacrificed as a burnt offering to his son, uh, instead of his son. Goodness, I can't read. So in the story, uh, God calls out and stops Abraham from taking the life of his son. This, I mean, you can imagine the scene, this action-packed, very tense moment. Uh, Isaac know he's about to die. Abraham's prepared to do something that he never thought he had imagined to do, and on that moment, instead of Abraham sacrificing his only son that he loved, God sacrificed. I mean, uh, God gave the offering. He provided a ram in the in the bushes. Um, so, um, but obviously, this is pointing right to Jesus, uh, the Father gave up the life of his son, his only son, who he loved. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Obviously a reference to this story, looking in in John 3.16, the the verse I was quoting, the father gave up his son, his only son, Jesus, on the cross for our sins, that we may have eternal life. You see, it wasn't because of his own failings or God's incapability that Jesus gave up his life, but Jesus willingly sacrificed and gave up his life so that we may have life. The punishment that brought us peace was laid upon his shoulders for our every failing. And on that day and forever, the Lord provided. He provided a way. Uh, I'm in a library, so I'm talking kind of quiet and being nervous. That's why. So I do apologize for that, guys. That's kind of out of character and random, but I wanted to say that. But God, He provided something that we cannot possibly do for ourselves, and Abraham experienced this grace, and we ourselves experience that grace when we step before the throne of grace in God Almighty, and and, and realize that, and that's the the culmination basically of Abraham's story. You have this this image of a mix of good and bad, but um, God covers the failings. What He meant for evil, God certainly meant for good, and uh, I kind of want to save up and talk about. Um, this this next story so we may be cutting this episode a little bit shorter and going right around at at 20 minutes but this is such a cool story in genesis 24 which is this all kind of building to. but again remember the the hot ones you're gonna get, get lost in, in the sauce a little bit and be reading about like a bunch of cool people and characters like abraham and the stuff that he did and isaac and leading up to jacob and um uh, jacob's sons and leading up you know out of there to to moses and all that so you get caught up like what's the what's the point of me reading this even though these things are really cool remember god's purpose and plan his purpose and plan is to restore the blessing to all the nations through abraham's family so you're waiting for one who's able to crush the head of the serpent who who doesn't fail who always trusts the lord in his way who sees the life the lord provides but through him trusting and crushing the, the serpent's head, he's also going to be bitten. He's going to take the hit. And these stories kind of build it up. Like is Isaac going to be the one to have to to suffer in order to crush the head of the serpent? No, the Lord provided. He provided atonement for for Isaac right here. So he's not going to be the one. It's all building up. It's all building up. And uh, the the whole Bible is about Jesus. But it may not be obvious as, as a story where we just read like this to where Abraham has to sacrifice his one and only son. It may be just building a motif, like a character image, an outline of what the Messiah or what Jesus is supposed to be like or what Jesus is. And that's building up the anticipation for it. Um, so, but I'm going to close out the episode with that. I love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening And Hope this episode was of somewhat good quality had to kind of whisper my way through it, but I've been really close to the mic, so I hope the audio is is doing well. It sounds good on my end, but I want to make sure it's doing well on y'all's end, so let me know thoughts, feedbacks, comments. Should I speak louder? Not be in the library next time, or do whatever, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Hope you're blessed. Hope you guys go back and read these chapters. Um, I did it in 20 minutes. It'll probably take you so long to, to in a good way, so long to navigate and prayerfully meditate through through all these um but it's really cool stories and and i don't want to nerd out in it so i don't want to get caught up and have to read um every single bit that comes from here but it's so good so good love you guys have a have a great awesome day signing out demarcus demarcus godbo signing out i know nothing podcast some people get that joke some people don't (laughs) love you guys